December 18th, 2022. We're continuing in Misilat Yesharim. We're up to Perik Het. We began it last time. Perik Het is about Derech Kiniyat Tazirizut. The way, the passageways and pathways to acquiring this attribute, this character trait of Zirizut, of alacrity. Perik Tet, which we'll hopefully endeavor upon today as well, is Beveur Mafsideh Hazirizut Vehar Hakamehem. It's the way to distance yourself from the deterrence, from those issues which will bring you away from being zariz in your avodat tashin. But Perik Het, as we began it last time, begins as follows. says the mechanisms, the mediums, the ways to acquiring zirizut, to being uh, to living a life with that attribute and that way of um, being quick and swift to performance is identical to the ways which we discussed in acquiring zehirut, which was our conversation beforehand, that cautiousness and uh, way in which uh, we comport and compose ourselves in life. And their stages are identical as well. Kmoshe Katafti Lema'ala says, as I wrote earlier, because what he wrote earlier, Ramchal, is that Zehirizut is from Mitzvot Aseh, and Zehirut from Mitzvot Lota Aseh. But the ways to them are identical. Ki inyanam karov ze lazeh me'od, ve'en hefresh benehem ele sheze be'asin ve'ze be'lavin. The only difference fundamentally between the two is one's Mitzvot Aseh and the other's Mitzvot Lota Aseh. Ve'ka'ashe yitamet etzel ha'adam, when a person has a become truth in their mind, in their heart, um, the value of the mitzvot, um, the immense burden and obligation that's placed upon us, that could and would, if done properly, inspire within the person this way to both zirizut and zehirut, uh, making certain that you're steadfast, that you're holding tight to it, that you're not mitrape, you're not loosening your grip on these character traits. says a particular facet and direction is if a person awakens themselves and notices all the tobot, all the goodness which is caused from God, on a consistent, constant basis. And the goodness, um, sometimes um, undeservedly, um, that is performed from God to human beings, to us individually, from the day of our birth until the very moment of death. Uh, he's not referring, as Harambam does elsewhere, to a general perspective on existence, to the greatness of God, as the Grand Master, he's talking on an individual basis. He's talking about what we refer to as The more that a person notices, pays attention, and heeds the reality that there's a direct relationship here with regards to God's goodness to them, the more that it becomes clear and true to them their responsibility in return. These can and will be the mechanism, the medium 
to zerizut, to zehirut as well. And since it's impossible to repay the toba to Akadosh Baruch at the very least you'll be thankful, at the very least you'll admit to his goodness uh, to you, and in turn, in your feeble attempt to pay it back, you'll perform mitzvot, you'll have that ability of proclaiming your thankfulness. Truth is, that tells a funny encounter that the rabbis imagined between Yosef and Eshet Potiphar. So Eshet Potiphar, who Parashah just told us, was looking to seduce Yosef. So in her attempt, say the rabbis, she says, if you don't, uh, if you don't sleep with me, I'll imprison you. To which Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, uh, to which Yosef says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is matira surim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu lets those who are imprisoned get out. And she says, I'm going to blind you. I'm going to maim you. I'm going to Hakadosh Baruch Hu is okif kifufim. Now each one of those responses, the back and forth in that strange dialogue, I think if if envisioned through this backdrop, through this prism, it goes like this. His response is not so much per se. Uh, that I don't fear you, and therefore, maybe that's the simple reading of it, and, and therefore I won't succumb to this. It's moreover, it's the fact that I'm thankful to God as the source for all of this. The fact that he could and would be zokef kefufi matira surim and pokeh ivrim. It's for that reason that in this moment, I'm steadfast to my commitment to him. It's not so much the uh, quid pro quo, the fact that uh, by my performance of his mitzvot, he'll do that for me. It's rather my thankfulness, my hoda'ah, my ability to be um, cognizant and admit, and, and admit to his goodness to me. It's in the eyes of Rashi, certainly, really the Gemara to a certain extent, it was the fall of Adam HaRishon, the Hachamim have it, Rashi writes in his commentary on the Torah, it's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to Adam and says, what happened over here? And his response, his knee-jerk, immediate response is, Ha'isha Asher it's the woman who you've given to me, that is not being able to be makir betoba. the fall that we often have, the Hachamim sim seem keen on, on pointing out to us, is on our inability to experience a thankfulness which in turn blinds us from a necessary reciprocity. We're not looking to pay it back. We're not looking to play our role in this because we can't realize that we owe something back because we're incapable of admitting to his goodness in our own lives. Gemaran Masechet Sanhedrin, which I, I love quoting, and Daflamet Chet, specifically if read together with Mechilta, excuse me, Tosefta, in Masechet Sota, the Gemara describes how um, at the time of um, the Hachamim envision, creation of human beings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to angels, well, he first creates angels, and he creates the first group of angels and says, what do you think about this human being, which I'm thinking about, I'm deciding whether to create, of course, it's not a literal description, and it's uh, to a certain extent playing off of the Naase Adam, which seems to be written in the plural, Kivyachol HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking for Eitzah, is looking for guidance and assistance from the ministering angels. So the initial groups are Ma'enosh Kitizkirenu, Ben Adam Kitifkidenu, tell us about the human being, we're not interested, he's not going to do good things for you, God decimates them, he burns them. Second group, the Gemara says the same thing happens, and third group, he turns 
to them and says, what do you think about this human being? Looking and realizing what happened to the first two groups, they say, we don't want that to happen. So you do what you have to do. And God, with a pasuk from Sefer Yeshayah, responds in time, over the course of time and development of existence, I'll, to a certain extent, be proven right in this. Of course, God, residing above time, is able to make such a claim. The Tosefta and Masechet Sotah rounds out the whole picture because it describes how as Am Yisrael are crossing Yamsuf, as they're reciting more specifically and singing as Yashir, then, says the, says the Midrash, HaKadosh Baruch Hu turns to the angels and he turns to that third group of angels and he says to them, you see, I was right all along, wasn't I? Because it was, after all, my realization that there could be a hope, a glimpse of opportunity in humanity. It's at the moment not a performance of mitzvot, per se. It's in the moment not, per se, of even recognition of godliness, of divine uh, involvement. It's at the moment of hoda'ah, of gratitude, of human beings being grateful. That's the moment. There's another midrash which likens the az yashir of Am Yisrael at that time to the az hu halikro b'shem Adonai of the doroshel enosh. It's a time period of sinning. Uh, the, the, the antidote, the way of, of, of counteracting that, of doing away with that, again, as Mesilati Sharim is describing, the way that inspires us to perform. The initial stage is a certain, a certain debt of gra- gratitude and understanding that, uh, that I'm not all-powerful, and understanding that hakarata tov is what stands at and lies beneath everything and anything. It's the foundation of my avodah. It's the foundation of my relationship with others. It's the foundation of my relationship with God as well. So zihirut and zirizut more specifically will only be built in a strong fashion if it begins with, I, well, I owe it. If it begins with, I understand, I recognize there's another. As, as I mentioned, I think the last time I, I've read in Pahad Yitzhak Rav Hutner's book on, on Hanukkah that he notices that the word hoda'a in Hebrew is both to be thankful and to admit. And there's a very simple common denominator. To be thankful means that I admit that I could not and would not be here or be able to achieve whatever it is or to have what it is without your involvement. That's the hoda'a, that's the hakarat tov that he's referring to. But just lastly in that respect, because there is much more to be uh, you know, discussed in this context, is there's a midrash at the very beginning of the Torah. The pasuk, of course, says, Bereshit bara Elohim et ha-shamayim and the pasuk, the word Bereshit, the very first word in the Torah, is a difficult word to really translate because Bereshit means in the beginning of. That's difficult. In the beginning of what did God create the heavens and the earth? And so, of course, uh, uh, some add in the word in the beginning of time. It doesn't say it explicitly in the pasuk. It might be the easiest reading of the pasuk. Uh, alternatively, the Midrash, Rashi cites some of the Midrash, says it's not in the beginning of, it's rather for the beginning. For the beginning, for the places in the Torah where something's referred to as the beginning, that's why we had creations of heavens and earth. Like what? Well, Rashi cites Am Yisrael are known as Reshit. The creation was for Am Yisrael, Bishvil Reshit. Alternatively, the Torah is known as Reshit. For Torah, the creations of heavens and earth. So there's a Midrash that goes further as several other suggestions. One of them is Bikurim, Parashat Kitabot, the very onset. It's Reshit Bikure. As you're dealing with the first fruits, that's why the creations of heaven and earth is for Bikurim. 
What sort of reference is that? Also, Tommy Torah, Tommy Israel, I understand. I can wrap my head around that. I can understand even the inspiration of the rabbis in, uh, in their homiletics over here. They're trying to get across a point. Understand the existence, Bishvilenu Nivra Haolam, Bishvil HaTorah, the importance of Bikurim. I mean, it's one of the 613 mitzvot. But what's the significance? Rabbi Moshe al Sheikh in his commentary to Parashat Kitabo, suggests that Bikurim at its core, the cry, the call of the farmer, Arami Ovedavi, the ability to ground yourself during times of success and to turn to God, and says Rashi, that's Rashi in Parashat Kitabo at the onset. That's the purpose, so to speak, of creation. That's the purpose. That's what precipitates a relationship between human beings and God. Our ability to admit, our ability to be thankful, that hakaratatov, that stands as the foundation of, to a certain extent, all. It's misilat yesharim, ironically, it's specifically in the context of zirizut. But again, zirizut as the beginning of performance of misot ase, of positive relationship uh, endeavors and reaching out. He says, Hakaratatov is right there. That needs to be the first recognition. That will be the force, that will be the inspiration and power throughout. Vihine, he continues, and the Chaba Adam. You might imagine there's going to be a person could not, should not, might have an excuse against being thankful to Borei Olam. So there's no such thing. Uh, whether they're rich or poor, poor or rich, whether they're healthy or ill. That they cannot and should not see uh, the goodness, uh, the uh, opportunity, the responsibility to be thankful in that uh, circumstance. But I'm poor, but I'm sick. When we're dealing with a person who's comfortable in their wealth, a person who's stable in their health, okay, certainly we understand the hakaratatot. Even there, even in the state of poverty, even in the state of the individual who's poor, and uh, destitute, but they're not dead, but they do have the opportunity, they have gotten bread and food in the past few days. The fact that they're there, they have to be able to, it's harder, it's not going to be as strong, but there has to be an ability to be thankful there as well. And the sick and the ill person as well, the fact that they still are breathing, the fact that they still are thinking and living, it might be difficult, so there's an opportunity, a responsibility for thankfulness there as well. To the extent that it could not and should not be a state and being where human beings alive and they don't have a necessary hakarata tov to hakadosh baruch And when it is that we look at and notice this goodness which has been performed in our direction, it can and will be willy-nilly is the way he said in English. It will be a direct outcome, an outgrowth, a consequence of realization that you in turn are inspired to do, to act quickly, swiftly, without contemplation at this juncture, at this point in time, because I feel I need to. I'm striving to pay back the debt. 
הוא ולא מאחר אשר על כן ודאי שלא יתעצל מעבוד, עבודתו יתברך ולא יחסר לו מה שהוא מוכרח אליו. If we look at it in the global and larger sense of your life, if you don't see it just in the specifics and the particulars, you can and will be inspired to זריזות. You will be inspired to עבודה because a person truly thinking this through will realize this. חובת הודאה, זה הכרה בטובה. והנך רואה שכללתי פה בדבריי שלושת המדרגות אשר חילקתם בזהירות. He says, I really incorporated here in this conversation the three separate uh, categories which I mentioned earlier, says Ramchal, in the category of זהירות. What were those three categories? כי כבר עניינם אחד והדבר למד מעניינו, because to a certain extent there's a common kernel, there's a thread which runs through all them. What were they? שלשלמי הדעת יהיה ההענה. It's the higher level individuals, the people who are more in tune with reality and their relationship. All you need to do is inspire them to uh, the burden and the severity and importance of the actions themselves. That will inspire them to zihirut. That will bring them to zirizut. The ones who are lower than that on the rung. So a little bit below, so talk to them about inspire them based on uh, future reward. And to those you recall, the masses who say, all right, I'll get something. It might not be front row seats. It's just by inspiring them to matters in this world. So each of those, again, either the local action, the importance, the severity, or the beyond that, the ulam haba, or even just material success, continued success in this world, this is to a certain extent I've incorporated that all in the conversation of hakarat atob. If that's what's coming your way, if that's what is something that you need to notice and accept as a reality, also that in turn inspires you to a different level of obedience, a different level of relationship, of appreciation, and in turn inspires you to action. Right? That's what we have in Perek Chet with regards to Mesilat Yisharim's direction for getting us to Ziri Zut. And now he's going to talk about what takes us away, and of course what we need to caution ourselves from uh, taking us away from Ziri Zut. says in Perek Teter, Hine, Mafsideha Ziri Zut, Hem Hem Magdile Ha'atzla, והגדוש בכולן הוא בקשת המנוחה הגופית ושנאת התורח ואהבת העידונים בתשלום כל תנאיהם. He says, what is it that takes us away? What are the deterrents from זריזות? Which in turn bring us to laziness, which will be the opposite of זריזות. He says, the greatest of them is uh, that passion, that hope, that striving for peace, serenity, a bodily one. Uh, our hatred of burdens, of uh, our love of pleasures, uh, that's what we're looking for in life. That's our innate bodily uh, drive as human beings. As a person of such a, such, such a drive, it will become burdensome, become heavy. Uh, detaching themselves from the bodily endeavors in order to turn to spiritual, uh, pure and pristine uh, directions. A person who's interested in eating to their desire, uh, to be able to do that in the peace and, and serenity of life in the physical sense, to sleep, the sleep that they and the slumber that they desire 
without any burdens or bothers, and as a result, furthermore, walk slowly, take their time in doing so, so that they can enjoy it in that respect. Anything along those lines. It'll be difficult to wake up to synagogue, to pray in the morning. Or to, to shorten your meal in the afternoon, so that you can pray in the appropriate time. Or to go out to perform a mitzvah if the weather is not appropriate. In other words, in each of those circumstances, is you're dealing with overcoming something. If alternatively, my first and foremost on my mind is my bodily pleasures, is my comfort, is my physical uh, approach and, 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 and ways to life, it'll be very difficult to overcome. And certainly, above and beyond, to make it quick and swift to any of these. I'm just talking about baseline performance of them. A person who's accustomed themselves, who's conditioned themselves to such ways in life, will have that difficulty which is manifested on such a higher and, 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 and more difficult level than anyone else because for them it becomes second nature. To overcome second nature means to overcome yourself. It becomes who you are to try to strive to do differently because you haven't conditioned yourself in that direction. It's, it's very difficult. I mean, there's, uh, there's both psychologists and Ba'alei Musar alike who have for time immemorial spoken about the difficulty of overcoming ingrained, conditioned character traits that we have. Of course, laziness being at the, the bedrock of them, as Mesilat Yishalim was describing it, to overcome that. And the famous statements are about Rabbi Israel Salanter, who was the father of the Musar movement, uh, for all intents and purposes. He said it was easier, it would be easier to finish Talmud, uh, Shisha Sidre Mishnah, and Gemara, than to just overcome and, 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 and do away with one difficult attribute and character trait midan. And it's something I think we all, to a certain extent, can as- associate and affiliate with the idea being I, I can have certain wins. But ultimately speaking, when my life is governed in such a fashion, to overcome it on a consistent basis, it's very difficult that that's what the Zirizut in turn is looking to overcome. So the inspiration needs to come to, to change your second nature. A person needs to become clear in their mind and heart that our job <coughs> in this world, our responsibility, is not one of, uh, of, of relaxation and, and calm. Uh, it's rather amal and Torah. It's, it's arduous activity. It's uh, responsible uh, productivity. We need to envision ourselves, says, says Ramchal, based on the Gemara, we need to envision ourselves as uh, day workers for God. Day workers means you have to maximize every moment. It means if you're not doing so, then you're stealing from the person who's paying you for that labor. And similar to those who are going out to fight in the army, they need to eat quickly or to get back in line. And sleep briefly in order to be on guard. And they're ready at all times for battle, for combat, it's that which Iov mentions, Adam, human beings, 
le'amaliulad, were created, were crafted for work, for arduous activity. Uh, my, my, my brother went to his Rosh, one of his Rashi Yeshiva uh, prior to leaving Yeshiva, and he said to him that he's interested in becoming a doctor. So he said, well, it's a wonderful idea if that's what you want to do. So my brother said, but I'm nervous. It's many years of medical school. Ah, oh, two doctors in the audience appreciate this. The many years of medical school up ahead, I don't know if I'll be able to say, he said, I don't understand the question. This was a rabbi, this Rabbi Aaron Lichtenstein, who really, his whole grain and nature was about hard work, was about dedication. So he looked at him dumbfounded and said, I don't understand your question, I don't understand your concern. He said, well, I don't know, it's going to be overwhelming, my life, my lifestyle, and establishing a family. And he said to him, he mumbled the words, and my family became a line that to, to repeat to my brother as he was having some difficulty at specific moments in medical. Didn't the rabbi tell you, I mean, again, it's a vision. Of course, in this context, we're talking about in the strictest, maybe, Avodat Hashem of a Misvot, but it's a lifestyle decision, which all is part of our Avodat Hashem. Uh, what is it? Do we shy away from the, uh, from the difficult uh, situations, which we know will be growth, uh, uh, growth engendering, uh, because it's too difficult, because it's too hard? Or do we jump into it? Not jumping into it is hard. But do we edge toward it? Do we involve ourselves in those circumstances, which will be challenging because it'll be hard with regards to bodily strength and mental capability and so forth? If a person conditions themselves to such an approach, the person who works out consistently then I've more than once tried to go running. I've told if you just do it consistently, it stops being as hard as it is every time I've tried to go running. That's the same idea in Avodat Hashem. The more you're conditioned to doing so, as difficult as it appears in the initial stages, it becomes something that is second nature in that direction. You're prepared for it. Your mind, your body is, is set in t- and, and in tune with it. It's that which the Mishnah at the end of Avot says, The Mishnah over there at the very end, seems to describe a very ascetic lifestyle. Lifestyle much, you're not eating all that much, you're drinking very little, you're sleeping on the floor. Mesilat Yisharim is not so much describing it as an ideal, but rather as a general guideline. The idea being, don't imagine. It's wrongful to assume that your life should be a comfortable one with regards to approaching Torah, Mitzvot, and God relationship. Rather, envision initially, Amal, imagine initially, Avodah Kasha, Shehu Kelal Min Haidunim, rather than the pleasures, so that's the first in terms of have said zerizut. Go ahead. That's one of the concepts of sukkah that we have to go out. Uh, I don't say rough it, but you have to go out. I suppose so. You yosem dirat keva into dirat arai in sukkah. To a certain extent, envisioning your um, your avodah, your relationship with God as, uh, God as one that's prone to vulnerability and realizing that you're going to have to sacrifice a bunch. I'm not certain it's fully because keep in mind the law is with regard to sukkah that mitzta'ir is patur min sukkah yeridat geshamim is patur min sukkah but at the same time you're leaving the comforts of your home. You're trying to reestablish in the sukkah which might be along these lines. It's that it's going to be difficult but make that second nature. But this doesn't necessarily mean sa'ar. It means not sa'ar. Not, not, 
happens to be the next words in that Mishnah, but he cuts it off. And again, I don't think that Misilati Sharim is mentioning this as an ideal as much as he is mentioning it as, as a guidelines to a certain extent. It's not a life of pleasure. That's the point. Don't envision it as one which will be easy. Uh, not per se that you need to live. I and mean, we know the Emoraim and the Tanaim. We know the, the Avot. They lived lives in which they ate. I don't know that they ate heartily, but they ate and they slept as necessary. Yes, Charles? It sounds like he's talking a lot in the physical sense. Very much so. So is that saying, I mean, is he, is he trying to say that when, you, when you're lax in the physical aspect, you're just you know, basically lazy, then that's going to lead to the, to the decline in spirituality as well? So that's the idea? That's very much the idea, that when you're lax in the, in the physical, <laughs> you'll be lax in the spiritual. But he's doing it, I think, because his, um, he kind of told us this in Pedic Zion, if you recall, the actions will then inspire the thoughts and heart. In other words, it, it'll go, it'll go a, a, a threefold process. You're lax and relax, relaxed in your action, which in turn is laxed and, 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 and negating and avoiding actions of Kedusha, which in turn would inspire an internal change. That's the way he envisioned. We likened it to Sefer HaChinuch and others, that after your action, right? your heart is going to carry after. So yes, it's, it's because that's the direction. The second I'm... On the physical side, if you're, if you're, not, you're lazy and not working, you're not going to produce, you're not going to get anything in return. So on the spiritual sense, you will benefit also from... from from the involvement. The act of involvement will change you as a person. Again, it's not only, it's very little actually, in terms of just the checks I've performed that mitzvah. It's in terms of the person you've become as a result of it, right? Furthermore, another one of these mafsidim, one of these deterrents, one of these difficulties, obstacles with regards to getting to zirizut, is the um, the anxiety and uh, and fears of uh, what might happen if I do, or how it might occur if I'm involved in that? Uh, there's the what if threat always. I'm nervous that if I go out now, I'll get sick because it's so cold outside. Oh, or maybe I'll get sunburned. Maybe you'll say it's too dangerous. Maybe I'll get sick. It's too windy. Of course, he's talking in the, in the most basic sense with regards to weather and so forth, but you can imagine it in anything and everything else. It'll hurt my livelihood if I associate with those people. It'll hurt my family if I get involved in that project. The atzel, the person who's lazy. Now again, not per se that the laziness brought them to that. It might be the anxiety which brought them to being lazy, which in turn, of course, means they're not a zariz. There's a lion out on the path. There's some lion which is uh, crouching out on the uh, on the streets in the street. It's a ridiculous claim, but a person who's conditioned themselves to or brought them or, or, or fell prey to this anxiety, fear, and panic uh, will talk like that to that extent, says the Pasuk in Mishleh. They put down this character trait and envisioned a person who has that sort of constant fear to, the, to, to an irrational extent. 
that's a sinner. Like this is in the Pasuk, that's a hit. When one sees the other rabbi of his student, sees in his student an irrational fear, you're a sinner. You rather need to have that appropriate bitachon. Now, is he negating an appropriate fear? No, he'll certainly make clear just a few paragraphs of now. I'll say, I'll say there's two types of fear. There's an appropriate one, there's inappropriate one. But at this juncture, at this point, I was just developing, he says the inappropriate one can be a deterrent, can be an obstacle. He summarizes at this point before he gets to the question, which we'll deal, we'll address next time. He says that to summarize, a person needs to envision themselves as aray in this world to the extent that they're kavua They are permanent in their worship, in their work, in their activity. They're aray. They're impermanent with regards to their pleasure in this world. They're um, they're stable with regards to the happenings of life. Uh, they have a certain stable mind um, and serene spirit with regards to the fears that could come upon them. And in turn, that distance from minuha, from that, uh, from from the seeking of pleasure and and pause and calmness and their closeness to activity. That in turn brings that what's called bitachon bahashem and uh, uh, avoids that yira from toledot hazeman and engenders within us this appropriate zirizut. We should all aspire to each of these. Amen.